Good day, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And I hope each and every one of you are doing well today. And if by some chance there is a little strife in your life, I just want to say joy comes in the morning. I'm celebrating a little today because this is our 100th show and the end of our fifth season. Now, each season holds 20 shows. But more important than that is that I was informed yesterday that we have had over 1,000 downloads. And that means our show has been listened to over a thousand times. And I cannot begin to make you understand how that makes me feel, that my life is flowing in the direction for which it is meant to go, that my purpose for being here is working. And we will continue to tell our story to our young folks because that's the only way they're gonna get it. But that's enough about that for right now. I wanna tell you, I had the privilege of watching that Colin Kaepernick in black and white program on Netflix yesterday. And oh my God, people, you have got to watch this story because this story is 100% truth. And it was so riveting that I had to watch it all the way to the end. His passion for maintaining his purpose in life is 100% on point and it comes off onto the screen. The lack of knowledge of his white parents about black life is riveting. The birth of his blackness and soul when he steps into the black community for the first time, when he eats black food for the first time, will grasp you by the throat. And I'm here to tell you, it's the best thing I've seen on TV this year. And Mr. Kaepernick, I know the chances of you hearing this program are like none to none. But if by some chance you do, I just want you to know that I salute you, man, and I will stand behind you. And I have a great feeling that we have not heard the last of Colin Kaepernick. So you have a purpose, man. Football is over for you, but that's all right. Do your thing and just stand. Stand for what you believe in and stand for what you want the world to know. My friends, we've ran a little over time on our introduction. So now we're going to slip into a little darkness and talk about the life of Sally Hemings. Daughter, mother, sister, aunt, inherited as property, seamstress, world traveler, enslaved woman, concubine, negotiator, liberator, mystery. Sally Hemings, 1773 to 1835, is one of the most famous and least known African-American woman in U.S. history. 
For more than 200 years, her name has been linked to Thomas Jefferson as his concubine, obscuring the facts of her life and her identity. Like countless enslaved women, Sally Hemings bore children fathered by her owner. Female slaves had no legal right to refuse unwanted sexual advances. Sally Hemings was the child of an enslaved woman and her owner, as were five of her siblings. At least two of her sisters bore children fathered by white men. Mixed-race children were present at Monticello, in the surrounding county across Virginia and throughout the United States. Regardless of their white paternity, children born to enslaved women inherited their mother's status as slaves. It seems especially appropriate to tell one part of the story of slavery through life at a place that holds such symbolic importance for many Americans, Monticello, for it is there that we can find the absolute best and the absolute worst that we have been as Americans. We should not get too far into the 21st century without looking back at the Hemings and their time to remember and learn. She was born in 1773. The exact date and month is not known. Tradition holds that she is the child of Martha Jefferson's father, John Wales, and Elizabeth Hemings, an enslaved woman making Martha and her half-sisters. Madison Hemings later stated that Elizabeth Hemings and Wales had six children together, like her mother Hemings would go on to bear at least six children to her master. She came to Monticello as a toddler with the rest of her enslaved family after the death of her father. The Hemings were part of Jefferson's inheritance through his wife, Martha Wells Gelton Jefferson's. From a young age, Sally Hemings was a nursemaid to Jefferson's younger daughter, Maria, and that's as far as her known childhood goes. When Sally was 14, she was chosen by Jefferson's sister-in-law to accompany his daughter, Maria, to Paris, France, as a domestic servant and maid in Jefferson's household. Paris, in the 1780s, was at the apex of its grandeur, a global center of politics, culture, and arts. The city itself was home to over half a million people, close to the entire population of Virginia at that time. One thousand of these people were free black residents, while in France, Hemings was also legally free. In Paris, Hemings was reunited with her older brother James, whom Jefferson had brought with him two years earlier to study French cooking. Shortly after her arrival, Jefferson's records indicate that Hemings was inoculated against smallpox, 
a common and deadly disease during that time. She was undoubtedly received training, especially in needlework and the care of clothing, to suit her for her position as lady's maid to Jefferson's daughters, and occasionally paid a monthly wage of $2. She learned French and sometimes accompanied Jefferson's daughters on social outings. Madison Hemings recounted that his mother became Mr. Jefferson's concubine in France. When Jefferson prepared to return to America, Hemings said his mother refused to come back and only did so upon negotiating extraordinary privileges for herself and freedom for her future children. He also noted that she was pregnant when she returned to Virginia and that the child lived but a short time. No other record of that child has been found. We don't know if she tried to negotiate for her personal freedom or why she trusted Jefferson would keep his promise. Sally Hemings returned with Jefferson and his daughters to Monticello in 1789. There she performed the duties of an enslaved household servant and lady maid. Jefferson still referred to her as Maria's maid in 1799. She had at least six children fathered by Thomas Jefferson. Four survived to adulthood. Decades after their negotiation, Jefferson freed all of Sally Hemings' children. Beverly and Harriet left Monticello in the early 1820s. Madison and Easton were freed in his will and left Monticello in 1826. Jefferson did not grant freedom to any other enslaved family unit. Thomas Jefferson died in 1826. Sally Hemings was never legally emancipated. Instead, she was unofficially freed or given her time by Jefferson's daughter, Martha, after his death. Jefferson's will freed Hemings' younger children, Madison and Easton. Sally Hemings and her sons, Madison and Easton, are listed as free white people in the 1830 census. Three years later, in a special census taking following the Nate Turner Rebellion of 1831, Hemings described herself as a free mulatto who had lived in Charlottesville since 1826. Madison Hemings reported that his mother lived in Charlottesville with him and his brother Easton until her death in 1835. The location of her grave is not known. Madison resettled in southern Ohio in the late 1830s, where he worked at his trade and owned a farm. He chose to remain in the black community. He died in 1878. Easton, also a carpenter, moved to Chillicothe, Ohio in the 1830s 
There he was a well-known professional musician before moving around 1852 to Wisconsin, where he changed his surname to Jefferson, along with his racial identity. He died in 1856. Both Madison and Easton made known that they were sons of Thomas Jefferson. When Harriet and Beverly passed into white society, they had to deny their family lineage. Historians and family members have been unable to locate their descendants. Both Madison and Easton Hemings acknowledged that they were sons of Thomas Jefferson and passed that knowledge onto their children. Once again, our history passed through word of mouth. Like I mentioned before, my friends, enslaved women had no legal right to consent. Their masters owned their labor, their bodies, and their children. Sally Hemings' descendants and historians have a range of opinion about the dynamic between Jefferson and Hemings, giving the implications of ownership, age, consent, and dramatically unequal power between masters and enslaved women. The nature of Sally Hemings' sexual encounters with Thomas Jefferson will never be known. Madison Hemings said very little about what his mother thought of his father, only that she implicitly relied on Jefferson's promise. Hemings also said that he and his siblings were the only children of Jefferson by a slave woman. This is a painful and complicated American story. Thomas Jefferson was one of our most important founding fathers and also a lifelong slave owner who held Sally Hemings and their children in bondage. Sally Hemings should be known today not just as Jefferson's concubine, but as an enslaved woman who at the age of 16 negotiated with one of the most powerful men in the nation to improve her own condition and achieve freedom for her children. The historical evidence points to the truth of Madison Hemings' words about my father, Thomas Jefferson. Although the dominant narrative long denied his paternity since 1802, oral histories published recollections Statistical data and documents have identified Thomas Jefferson as the father of Sally Hemings' children. In 1998, a DNA study genetically linked one of Hemings' male descendants with the male line of the Jefferson family, adding to the wealth of evidence. But Jefferson never responded to the accusations. His recognized family denied his paternity of Hemings' children, while his unrecognized family considered their connection to Jefferson an important family truth. In 2000, a report by the Thomas Jefferson Foundation concluded there is high probability 
that Thomas Jefferson was the father of Easton Hemings and that he was likely the father of all six of Sally Hemings' children listed in Monticello Records. So there you have it, my friends, the life and times of Sally Hemings. And there is a great deal of whiteness that don't believe that this ever happened, that one of their infamous founding fathers would ever lay down with blackness. But this isn't about them, and this is not about Thomas Jefferson. This is about Sally Hemings. And although she was enslaved, she helped shape her life and the lives of her children, who got an almost 50-year head start on emancipation, escaping the system that had engulfed their ancestors and millions of others. Whatever we may feel about it today, this was important to her. She freed her children. So whatever she had to put up with to get this done, she endured it. And we must remember her for what she endured to fulfill her purpose, that which was letting her children live free lives. Rest in peace, my sister. My friends, that music tells me that it is once again that time and it is the end of this season. But before I go, I want to leave you with this message. Before you assume, learn the fact. Before you judge, understand why. Before you hurt someone, feel. And before you speak, think. Until next time, it has been my honor.